Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Monday, January the 16th. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of continuation of the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. And we're all familiar at one time or another of the old adage about divide and conquer. One way that we weaken individuals, groups, nations, and we see that in our own nation right now, is to divide and conquer, to divide people. Division and conquest, conflict, strife, animosity, resentment, hatred, all of those things are the work of the evil one. The work of Satan is always to divide, to separate, to make people be at odds with one another. That's as old as Adam and Eve in the garden, isn't it? When Satan comes and indicates that Adam and Eve are to be divided from each other and from God, that Satan says, well, did God really tell you that? Did, really, did God really tell you that kind of uh, unbelievable thing about don't even touch this? And of course, God didn't say that. God said you're not to eat of it. And that division, unfortunately, is where sin enters, that division and it spreads over into Adam and Eve. For Adam blames Eve for the sin. He said, it's the woman you put here. And we can imagine she wasn't too pleased with that. And one of the effects of sin is the divisions that we have, gender, race, religion, socioeconomics, nationality, ethnicity, all of those things today that we have become hypersensitive over. We don't see ourselves as the one family of Almighty God, with each person made in the image and likeness of God. And the work of God is just the opposite. The work of God is unity, communion, oneness, fellowship, fraternal charity, civility, love, working together, the building of community, and not the building of communities which become angry groups at odds with one another. We see that in our society today, maybe as never before. Various groups divided politically, socioeconomically, cert certainly Ethnicity has become, race has become, so front and center in all of our thinking and our vocabulary, becomes the glasses or the lenses by which we look at so much of life today. Not to build bridges, but to erect barricades. That's all the work of the evil one within families generational differences, 
strife between relatives, strife between friends, business associates, classmates, neighbors. We see so much today of people walking around with a kind of anger, a kind of pent up, almost like a volcano, ready to explode. Um, and we have to ask ourselves, why is that? It, it, it's because we're engaged in a great spiritual conflict at this particular time in history. Whether or not we gather with the Lord, the marks of the church, one, one, it begins with oneness, unity, oneness. Jesus prays for this oneness the night before he dies, that all may be one, as I and you, Father, you and me, may they be one in us. And what does the devil do? On that holy Thursday night, he turns Judas, who betrays Jesus, Peter, who denies him. And St. Matthew tells us that the disciples, as Jesus is arrested, they all leave him and each goes to his own home. He has been with them for three years. And at that particular time, they all scatter. They, 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 they are no longer a community. They're individuals, each seeking their own safety and security and end. And talk of love and community and charity, it quickly flies away. Remember, just before all this took place, Jesus went and prayed and said to them, pray that you may not enter into the temptation. Pray. And we've forgotten the importance of prayer. And our great, one of our great petitions in our prayers should be for this oneness and this unity. Oneness in recognizing that we are all members of God's family. That's the most important thing. That transcends all of these other categories that we have become so familiar with and has caused so much destruction. Well, the Pharisees try with Jesus to divide and conquer. John's disciples and the Pharisees, Mark tells us, were accustomed to fasting. And people came to Jesus with the objection uh, why do John's disciples and those of the Pharisees fast while yours do not? See, the devil, the devil has planted the seed. Compare and contrast. Compare in order to get to the conflict, to the division. John's disciples, they fast. The Pharisees' disciples fast. Yours, huh, they don't fast. Translation, you're not really serious and holy. You're not close to God, certainly not like John's disciples and that of the Pharisees. Why, why aren't you with the program? We're, we're different than you. We're better than you. And Jesus says, how can the guest at a wedding fa feast 
fast as long as the groom is still among them. So long as the groom stays with them, they cannot fast. Jesus is the groom, and the wedding banquet is an image used from the Old Testament, isn't it? That when the Messianic age, when the Messiah comes, it will be like a great wedding feast, a great wedding celebration. They use that image because that's it's a time of great joy and celebration and oneness, families coming together, the bride's family, the groom's family, uh, her family, his family, relatives, friends, they all are united in that oneness of celebration, of joy. Jesus says, no one walks around grumpy and sad. If they do, they're so out of place. They, they, they stick out like the proverbial so a thumb. What, what are you even doing here? Jesus says, however, the day will come when the groom will be taken away from them. On that day, they will fast. That is, when Jesus is handed over to death. When Jesus freely takes the cross on our behalf, they will be filled with sorrow. They will be filled with regret. Jesus says, no one puts a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he should do so, the very thing he has used to cover the whole would pull away the new from the old, and the tear would get worse. You don't, you, you don't take something and just try to make it a cosmetic. Just cover up something. You need a new cloth, a new garment. And that's what Jesus is. He cloaks us in eternal salvation through his death and resurrection. He says, no, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does so, the wine will burst the old skins and all the wine will be poured onto the floor. You'll lose it. In Jesus, there is something new. The Savior has come. It is time for unity and oneness and celebration and joy that the Lord has sent his Savior, our Savior, into the world. Let us not be swept up in divide and conquer, in conflict, Beware of those who come seeking to divide, seeking to separate us. Let us be a people of reconciliation, of community, of unity and oneness. That's the work of God and not the work of Satan. So let us today in our thoughts, our words, our actions, and in our prayers, be a people of oneness whereby Christ has made us all one. Let us, let us not work to further divide. Let us work to heal and to reconcile, to bring those who are separated and apart together in our own way, in our own ability, 
let us be about the work of God. Not divide and conquer, but unity and oneness. That Jesus' prayer, they all may be one. That that may be found in us and in what we do today. God bless you.